Recorded on June 21st, 2022, the insurrection will be televised. Welcome to the Push Ad Podcast, the podcast that's all about pushing the political conversation ahead, not pushing back. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm Shelby. And I'm Pamela. And welcome to our special guest. Adam. Ah. Hello. Where it all began. And we're here to talk about the January 6th committee hearings, local book bannings, and local goings on. We have elephants. Oh, we have lots of elephants. Okay. So besides worshiping Trump, hate, and racism, what is the Texas Republican platform? I think that about sums it up. Oh, okay. Yeah. And maybe seceding. They throw a secession in there. They, yeah. do, they do it whenever they get bored. <laughs> we, we fought a war about this. Come on, guys. I think this is probably part of why the Republican Party on a whole doesn't have a platform is because they wanted to avoid doing this because this is the platform they would have come up with. Um, I am, of course, insanely pissed off. That's Santos today. Does Santos. We're not, we don't need to trivialize his name. He's a trivial enough human. <laughs> I'm just mad at him because I have been waiting for two and a half years to get my two-year-old a damn shot. Now he's refusing to pre-order them. It's just slowing down being available. But I did hear today, I did read today that doctors are finally able to get them. So are you able to make an appointment yet? Nope. You do know that parental rights only extend to parents from the right. Yes, I do know that. But he's trying to kill my kid again. Probably isn't even the obvious health part of it, but it's that according to DeSantis and his followers, my body, my choice, your body, my choice. <laughs> like he gets to decide for you. And this is supposedly the party of freedom and independent thought. And they're taking that your even I your opportunity it. to say yes or no to your kid being vaccinated away. I'm still waiting for the your body, his choice bumper stickers. I think we should do that. It's gross that the hypocrisy, they don't even try to hide it anymore. They never got over the fact that Lincoln said you can't own people. And they've been trying to claw that back ever since. <laughs> like, we can own parts of you. Yeah. We can own your babies. But now they see that they can publish what they want to do and just say that it's all BS from the liberals and their followers just blindly follow them. No matter what. This is a little bit more direct. We, but do you remember me talking a few month, weeks ago about how every single thing that they passed in session was going to end up in court and going to end up costing us? That's happening. Today, a court again struck down. This is the, the second court to the Republican legislature's law about, what was this one about? It was supported by Thad Altman locally, making it illegal to donate more than $3,000 to any citizen-led effort to get a new amendment on the ballot. Because they're trying very hard to make yeah. it harder and harder for citizen-led initiatives mm. to happen. So you can donate anything you want to an elected official or to somebody running for office, but you can only donate like $3,000 to a citizen-led effort to get things like as we talked about, class size amendment that we passed as a state that they want to ignore and medical marijuana that they want to ignore. Now, they still want to collect massive checks for their own political committees. And I'm quoting the Orlando Sentinel right here at up to $5 million a pop. But they wanted the right to arrest and jail you for donating 3000 and a dollar to any amendment drive for something like open primaries or a new tax break. So also that's unconstitutional. The judge, who is a Trump appointee, called it wholly foreign to the first Amendment. Because free speech equals money, according to them. It worked against them this time. Yeah. After Windsor rejected their 2021 attack, they passed another attack this year, this time with a tweak that targeted donations from out-of-state residents. Now, DeSantis wants to keep it for themselves, just not for citizen-led initiatives, because DeSantis's single largest contributor is a 
hedge fund billionaire from Chicago. Oh, fun. Yeah. So they just want to prevent citizen-led amendments because it's, I don't know why they bother because they just ignore them anyway, like the Key West one for, forbidding large ships. Yeah. So this is what that one law has so far cost you and me and you and me. $108,776 so far paying outside lawyers as much as $425 an hour just to defend those two garbage laws. DeSantis likes to blame liberals. And the reality is that this is all Republicans costing your money. They're going to say that liberals should not be saying this. These are conservative judges that have said that's unconstitutional. It's not us wokest. Right, right. Because Republicans love hearing the voice of the people as they whiz by <laughs> into the garbage can. Anyway, that was interesting. I, yeah, DeSantis has got to go. Yeah. So another worrisome spot we have here, Eric Greitens. About Did you guys Rhino see that hunting. ad? Oh. I, I, well, it's really hard to see now because it's censored nearly everywhere. What they did was they removed it as an original tweet, but they're leaving it as a referenced one. So if you can find somebody that has shared it, you can see it. And I don't know if you saw this, Adam. I have not. So Eric Greitens is a former Missouri governor, maybe? Attorney general, I think. He's running for something now yeah. in Missouri. And he did an ad where he is out in front of a home with a shotgun. I think a shotgun is that the one that goes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, it's that one. Goes, and, and he's got SWAT team people around him. And he says, let's go rhino hunting. And he breaks, oh, yeah, they break down one. the door and go into the house. And the SWAT team fans out the house. And he says, rhinos are, what he defines rhinos. And there's no bagging limit there's no licensing required. Let's all go rhino hunting. Republicans in name only. With his shotgun in his hand as he's jacking it up. Now, I don't know. That might make some rhinos nervous, but it sure as hell makes this Democrat nervous. Open hunting season when I've actually had a local nut job threaten me, tell me not to attend our local charter review committee because he's sitting on that panel. And he sent a school board candidate an email where he referred to himself as a constitutional carry guy. We're just going too far. The insurrection was just a precursor for what can happen anywhere. This is an example of stochastic terrorism. It's essentially, if you put these ideas out into the universe, someone will pick them up and run with it. Yeah. So you're putting out there rhino hunting. Somebody's going to think that's what we should do. And there's plausible deniability. I didn't say do this. Yeah. Right, right. Someone else took it and went with it. It wasn't so much yeah. worse than Bachman right. that did the target shooting, put targets on the faces. Yeah, so, so much worse. In order to cross the line into inciting violence in the United States, you have to specifically call someone to action at a specific time in a specific place. Stochastic terrorism is just a general call to action without any specific targets, times, or places. And so it's technically protected speech. It's just a really ugly thing to do. But, but it seems we've gone from an era where we promised each other would be no negative campaigning. I mean, Republicans and their promises. Are you even a Republican running for office if you don't have an ad where you're cocking a gun or shooting at something? When you guys see the ad, it's appalling. I try not to be an alarmist. I try not to be that you know, the sky is falling person, but this is really disgusting. He says, join the MAGA crew, get a rhino hunting permit. There's no bagging limit, no tagging limit. It doesn't expire until we save our country. This could be another Cawthorn candidate because there are already calls from inside the Republican Party to say that if the guy he's running against gets primaried, run as an independent. Do you know who this guy is? He was drummed out of office because he was charged with tying up his wife and raping her. Something else happening all at the same time. Oh, so you're abuse. a typical yeah. Republican politician. Yeah. His ex-wife accused him of abusing their children, taking away her belongings, threatening her, and threatening to kill himself, and he tied her up. That sounds like 
your typical Republican. Yeah, yeah. precursors to run. That one, I'm not that I'm used to that. I'm yeah. not used to actually cocking a gun and saying, yeah. let's go hunting humans. Yeah. I mean, if they had any good common sense, they'd be Democrats. <laughs> the Senate announced that they have come to an agreement and they released the text of the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. This is in response to what happened in Uvalde. It was negotiated between Republicans Democrat, and Democrats. It is a step in the right direction. Did we get what we wanted, which was stopping anybody under the age of 21 buying an assault rifle? No. But they did shore up, including juvenile records and background checks. They have added millions in funding for safer schools, mental health, crisis prevention to take care of that part. They did federal red flag laws? Yes. I did not see if they fixed the boyfriend loophole, but that was in the original. What's the boyfriend loophole? Where if you have been accused of domestic violence, you can't get a gun and go shoot your girlfriend. That exists in Florida because I was an advocate for victims of domestic. And this exists in Florida. I can't believe we have stricter gun controls than other places in the country. Yeah, but this is nationally. So there are things in there that Democrats want. Mental health funding and crisis. We always need money for those. My read on this was that Mitch McConnell knew that, first of all, recently with guns being the number one cause of death among young Americans, that this was a problem that he couldn't shove under the rug anymore. And also even gun advocates, people who own guns, who like guns, who like hunting, are actually a little bit more pro-regulation. Like, for example, in Texas, you can only have three rounds in your duck hunting shotgun, but you can have up to 30 in your, I don't know, student hunting AR-15. Rhino hunting. I don't want to take anything away from ducks. I love ducks, but (laughs) ducks do have more rights than children. They do, (laughs) especially according to Texas gun regulations. Ducks should have. I hear you. You're you're not denying them. No, no. But but it is a sad state of affairs when the state of Texas extends more protections to ducks than to children. And John Cornyn was one of the ones that negotiated this. And he was recently booed at the Texas GOP for being on this exploratory committee to find middle ground with gun legislation right but it still passed let's take a moment it will pass let's take a moment and celebrate that there was something bipartisan that happened in the world and that it was a good thing yes yes and they are set to vote on it they said as early as tonight but i haven't seen anything on it so probably the first vote will be tomorrow that's the last elephant out of the room (laughs) let's let's get it gone let's get them let's get the elephants out i like to get rid of the elephants yeah yes The January 6th commission, before we dive into this, let's give our readers some context. Let's give our listeners some context, (laughs) our readers. For those of you reading the transcripts, (laughs) the January 6th commission, what was its original purpose and who formed it? Its original purpose was to learn from the debacle that was January 6th, learn how we can prevent it, learn learn how they started it, look into, because it was sedition, seriously. And who was the original? So when was it? It's been working for a while. Like, yeah. Yes. The hearings today in this last week are simply, they're not trying to find anything. Right. They're just sharing with the rest of us what they found. Right. Yeah. The first part was them actually trying to make a bipartisan commission. Right. The Republicans didn't want any investigations whatsoever. So it went down to Nancy Pelosi having to use her power to form a committee to look into it at the House. And then Cheney and Kinzinger 
who are, I think, probably the rhino guy wants at them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are on the committee because they believe what happened was not a good thing. Yeah. So they've been trying to find out if there was there there. So now they've um, decided to air that for the American public to right. see. So they're basically making the case for us. They've yeah. yeah, they've been gathering information, gathering testimony. There were Supreme Court shenanigans going on in order to turn over documents. People have been fighting this. We've talked on this in the past with Bannon actively challenging his subpoena. And let's be really clear when people want to sing the praises of especially Cheney. She's just she's doing her job. Yes. She's yes. not a hero. She's doing her she's doing her job. I yes. keep forgetting we can't say that word Remember. that I always want to say. And so she and she will not be penalized at all. Her last name is Cheney. Yeah. So even if her political career is over, she's got a career on the tour circuit. She's got a career writing books. Kinsinger is young. He doesn't have as much of a guaranteed thing. So if anybody is acting heroic here, it's the guy willing to walk away from his career. And getting death threats. His wife is getting death threats. I am quite certain they all get death threats every day. I get death threats and I'm just that chair of Brevard County Democrats. Yeah. This one was delivered to his his house. And yeah, that's a little crossing the line. Right. Okay. And so, yeah, interesting that Cheney, she has actually kind of used her position to try to paint Mike Pence as being clean of this whole thing, an, an unwilling participant at worst. And yeah, we're not buying it. Actively <laughs> disagreed at best. I mean, when yesterday he said he's never known a president to lie as much as Biden. I'm like, are yeah. you freaking kidding me? Yeah. yeah. But remember, gaslight obstruct project. Yeah, she's been trying to do her best to salvage the establishment Republicans keep their noses clean in all of this and paint Mike Pence as someone who heroically did his job. Yeah, we're not buying it. No. (laughs) Right. He did his job. He did. I'm not putting a medal on his chest. They also established that he and his lawyers looked at every possible way. Sure. I don't blame them for that. You got to look at, I don't blame him for doing that. I do think what he did by saying, I'm not going to do that was it political suicide at the time, but him now, like he's not this super clean guy that was innocent of anything. No. And he helped enable Trump to get him to that point. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't particularly well-beloved when he arrived on the Trump ticket though. Yeah. So for those of you keeping historical notes, he was the last politician to mishandle a pandemic in his state, but this was the AIDS pandemic. That's what he was known for pandemic. But this all recently changed when they brought in a veteran TV executive to help communicate everything with a six part series that we are referring to now. Day one was the prime time, basically opening up the what they had been looking into for, I think, about a year now. Last summer is when they established the committee. They showed scenes of what happened at the riot. They had testimony from a Capitol police officer who was the first one injured. And, oh, I saw that. That was on. That was the. Yeah. yeah and talking about how she fought for four hours after she was originally injured and blacked out. But she's described it as a war zone. They showed video unedited of all of the crazy going on that first night. They also talked about several members of Congress asking for pardons. She named one, but didn't name the rest. And then the second day basically established what Trump knew, where this cockamamie plan came from. And apparently it was from a drunk Giuliani. I mean, isn't that just a Giuliani? Yeah, that is that is a Giuliani. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why we keep hearing him as junk Giuliani, because that's just, you know, that's yeah, not calling that's me him. short, Pam. So pretty much everybody on election night was telling him just to be like, hey, you're still counting to go, whatever. Giuliani said, hey, just declare you won. So that's what he did. 
And then as soon as it showed that he was not actually winning, he went on to this, it's a fraud, there's fake voters, there's every single type of voter fraud that they could think of. They started throwing stuff against the wall to see what would stick. Yes. But keep in mind, even back in 2016, Trump said he would not respect the result of the election if he didn't win. (laughs) Yeah. And he started bringing that up again in the lead up to the election. Yes, he did. None of that surprises. There's nothing to prove in that, but that he turned that into a call for a violent attack on we're trying to prove that he was. And he used the whole big lie as it was this part of one day's testimony. Yes. He used the big lie as a fundraising campaign. Yep. Day two. OK. He grifted. Oh, we're still on day one. Day two. He grifted 200. His... I mean, we should actually change that name. We should call it trumping. Okay. Yeah. Trump did 250. Because that's really like. When you look up grift in the dictionary, I really think Donald Trump's picture is there. Now. I oh, yeah. hate how he co-opted the word Trump. Yeah. So if you used to play card games, Euchre, Heart. Right, spades, you trumped people. Yeah, the, the, the Trump card was the winning move. I know. And I I hate that that he co-opted that where such a big loser essentially co-opted the winning move. I know, I hate it. So yes, day three was when they made Pence. Ah, that was all about The Pence. hero. It wasn't all about Pence. It was about John Eastman and his crazy legal theory stating that the vice president who has no legal authority anywhere in the constitution to declare president all it says is he is to preside over the certification that's all it says so eastman came up with this crazy legal theory that to buy them time and have them send it back to the states yes and then when he Pence refused to do. Trump called the horde on him several yeah. times. And it came out that he was, Pence was within 40 feet of the mob that wanted to kill him. How much longer is the uh, trial going? The hearing Next going? week, I think the prime time ending is either next Thursday or Friday. It's like the Survivor finale. <laughs> do we get to watch Trump's church go out? I, I want to watch him get voted off the island. Right. That yeah. would be great. Or maybe we can open up Alcatraz just we for him. We can vote him on the island. I would love that. <laughs> Any island but here. Yeah. And then, um, so it's going to be going another week. Okay, yeah. you're not done with your recap yet. Yeah. Sorry. Day four was today. Yeah. They had GOP lawmakers from Arizona and Georgia testify about Trump. And elections officials, right? Yeah. That's the law. That's the Well, not all of them. Like they had, yeah. they, had, they the, had all the way down to polling people. Yeah. Poll watchers. Yeah. Because the, he tweeted about them and they were receiving death threats for their role in fraud right so basically that showed today that it was not only political pressure from trump and giuliani it was also political pressure from several members of congress what's worse is they were contact michigan and saying we have proof just do this for us we'll get the proof to you as soon as we can yeah just do it without the proof right exactly and the proof never came because there isn't any. Right. Exactly. Right. But it shows that Trump was directly involved with this. Trump directly pressured Trump and his supporters had phone banking lists to call these people daily to harass them, to certify the false electors. We do have proof of the lack of proof in a falsifying election. Yeah. Yes. My favorite line so far was in day three, one of the Republican lawyers is don't you think Al Gore would have liked to know this? Don't you think that the Democrats wouldn't have tried this? No, we would not have. But because sure, if it was legal and legit, yeah. okay. Al Gore basically said it is 
a bruised ego versus democracy, and it was an easy choice. Right. To go back to Adam's comment about the Raffensperger's call in Georgia, one of the outcomes that happened because of, I'm guessing, this trial, these shows, news out of Georgia coming today. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis has been... Okay. Can we just say that's the best name ever? Go on, sorry. <laughs> Do we like her? Annie Willis got permission from judges, I believe a couple days ago, to convene a grand, a, jury. a grand jury, which gives her subpoena ability over Trump documents and information about this. And her efforts... She's in Fulton County. Yes, in Fulton okay. County. She has jurisdiction over the, the Georgia call because it happened in Fulton County. Right. And so she is receiving information from the January 6th commission to feed into the Jan grand jury. And they will take all of the evidence and go, is there merit to these charges? And then Trump could see actual criminal charges from Fulton yes. County and from Fanny and Fulton. Yeah. Yes, but Fulton County Fanny. I love her name. So yeah. I think they will wait a little bit to see what happens in the governor's race because the governor could pardon. But there is the chance that the grand jury could find federal charges that then get passed up to Merrick Garland. Yes. And the, the January 6th commission could just hand off charges to Merrick Garland directly as well. Even and this isn't even over. He could be charged from the January 6th. They could. No, they, they can recommend he be charged. Oh, yeah, sorry. I know they're not going to make a criminal referral. They said probably. Yes. But from the results from the January 6th commission, there could be charges. Yes. And then there could also be charges from Fulton County. Yes. And then there could be charges coming from the Fulton County investigation coming from the feds again. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, oh, I like this. It, it's coming from a whole bunch of angles, except that this is going to be his sixth chance to evade consequences. I mean, we saw the emoluments cases. We saw the, the Mueller report. We saw the New York district attorney's case essentially fall apart when the DA said, no, I'm not going to pursue this anymore. And then that just kind of fell off the radar. Yeah. He was not. I don't think Fanny's going to let it drop. No, she's been. What's her last name? Willis. Nobody named Fanny Willis is going to let something drop. No. Y'all been to Fulton County? I have. If she's from yes. Fulton County, her name is Fanny Willis. She's not going to let it drop. Fanny, I'm your biggest fan if you hear this. Next steps for the committee. Next steps for the committee is they are going to lay out as best as they can, showing that Trump did indeed set all of this in place. They... One of the most compelling things they showed at one of the end of the hearings was many of his supporters during their interrogations were saying Trump sent me. Trump sent well, me. I mean, that was actually even like the normal people from here that went for the rally said when the president asks you to come, you go. It was the weird before any of this happened. I just thought that was a really weird sentiment. And the fact that the Secret Service was actually looking into drawing up plans to get Trump to the Capitol. So, but I think the question is, what happens? <laughs> so all this information, they're proving this happens, then what happens, right? Is they're going to submit all of this evidence to Merrick Garland and recommend that he and the Justice Department raise Pers charges. Yeah. What kind of charge do you think they're looking for? I have the law open. Criminal justice? Yeah, I don't know. So it's like the general bad stuff. It's it's the felony charges, you know, it creates a felony when two or more persons conspire either to commit any offense against the United States or to defraud the United States, blah, 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 or obstruction of justice, 
or so the very or, least could be obstruction of the federal government and it's yes yeah and he could also uh, violate the laws prohibiting conspiracies against voting rights prohibiting coercion of federal employees to engage in political activity or prohibiting federal administrators from interfering with what presidential about treason? elections treason no so history lesson king george and the kings of england abused treason. Essentially, the king could say, this is treason against me. I am the state of England. I am the king of the United Kingdom. And so what you did there, I didn't like it. So it's treason against me. You are getting punished. You are getting banished. You are getting excommunicated. You are being killed. You are being, I don't know, sent home without your French fries. But a violent attempt to overthrow our government isn't considered treason. So in order to lock that down, our founding fathers who reacted to this over abuse of power, where anything someone didn't like being treason was abused in the past. Now, treason is so locked down in this country that, first of all, we have to be in a state of war. Ah, true. So, I did know that. yes, we have to be in a state of war. So you have to be found to have been aiding and abetting someone during the time of war, the enemy. We weren't at war with Russia. So the attempt to overthrow our government is not treason because it doesn't involve a foreign It is sedition. Yeah, yeah. Sedition. sedition. Sedition and insurrection. So is that in there? Did you read that? They have actually charged several members of the Proud Boys with sedition. Right. One of the problems is that if they charge Trump, who wasn't physically present for sedition, it could open up. A Pandora's box that would criminalize vast swaths of previously protected behavior or mundane behavior, which might be include some forms of protest, resisting arrest, prison riots, or robbing a federal bank could be no longer just, you know, a, a felony. It could be sedition. All right. Hopefully one of the last sentences they say that we recommend Trump for this, this, this. And yeah, this. I would guess they're going to have to say something because people are just. Because right now the key players are Eastman, who asked for a pardon, Giuliani, who asked for a pardon, and Trump. Mm-hmm. And now Trump's demanding equal time, which I would love. Yeah. yeah, it's easy for us to say it'd be wonderful. He's Machiavellian and he's got some really smart advisors. He could use that equal time to literally call people who are very well armed to revolution from there. I'll guarantee you if he does go, there will be people in Washington, D.C. planted ready to attack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would more or less prove but he'd be okay with that because they, he's going to do it to win. That's what he's thinking when he said, I demand equal time, is that he thinks that he can just grab the mic and talk over it because there will be another attempt. I mean, yep. they have no new ideas. This is now an old idea. They're going to try it again. Anyway, the next steps for this are they are going to wrap their proceedings and then hopefully Merrick Garland will take the findings and run with them and hopefully we'll see stuff done. So Adam has been waiting patiently for 45 minutes. So let me introduce to you my friend, Adam. So Adam and I met when we were helping candidates prepare. I think we had met before. That was the first time we actually had time together. We were helping candidates prepare for local forums in 2017 or 18? I think it was 2018. 2018, because it was also the only campaign that was kicking off. Yes. Yeah. And this immediate brain ants, because it's not a bromance, it's a brain ants. Like, I love people that love English. And that was, he and I were both coming at the conversations from that perspective. And just, he's really one of my favorite people. One of the smartest people I know. An AP English teacher, so committed to kids. I'm so committed to furthering education. And it's my pleasure to bring him to you today and have him tell us a little bit about what's been going on this summer. So you have a, the band book drive. That's you. So 
Adam is a quiet rabble rouser. And, uh, and he's also, by the way, until Ron DeSantis demolished it, serving on the Soil and Water Commission. He was elected to that office. That is true. Two years ago. So with the banned book drive, how did it get started? It got started with a list of 41 books that are being challenged by the incredibly misnamed Moms for Liberty. Yeah, Orwellian. Moms for Selective Liberty. Yes. And I, I do understand that there is actually a teacher in Brevard County who has been written up for being online and calling them out and changing their name for them. She ended up with a, a whole case and has to do penance and You're kidding. such like that, kneel on broken glass. And oh, like it, it would be such a shame if we repeated what, what she changed their name to. What, what unspeakable name should <laughs> it, we never speak? Might, I would never call them moms for fascists. Yeah. Okay. Would never. Never. Never, yeah. never. Right. We will never call them by that so, name. I would uh, never call them moms for fascists. So M for F, uh, <laughs> put this list of 41, it, four, uh, four lists, right? 10 or so books, and they swear they've read them. Each of them has read 10 books. Good for them. Exactly. And they tell the other three whether it should be so challenged. there's four people on their not. panel. There's four people on the panel. Okay. Yes. And this is a, it's an internal panel. It's not the school board panel. It is not the school board it's panel. It's moms for. <clears throat> yes. M for F. So they put this list out and um, there, it's 41 books on this that so they want challenge. The challenge has to go to the school board. And the school board came up with this way of handling these things. Well, start with, there is a state statute for actual pornography and unacceptable books in our schools. There is a state statute. There's a federal statute as well for this. And there's something called the Miller test that it has to fail the Miller test in order for it to be considered pornography. That sounds even better than Miller time. Yeah. And so, and there is a procedure that was already in place, if you have a book that you think doesn't meet these If you have, there's a book you think that doesn't meet it, you talk to the principal, you go to the school board and you say, I believe this book does not pass the Miller test. And then you look at it and if it's in the library, chances are slim it's going to fail the Miller test. Because our resources, resources. And the Miller test goes back to yes, 1973. Right. California versus Miller. And this, from this, we get the famous saying, I can't define pornography, but I know it when I see it. <laughs> okay, so I know it when I see it, so... That's from the, from the Miller test. And yeah. it was the Judge Berger, Supreme Court Justice Berger, who was conservative, who said, no, these, we can't have a statute that says what is, what is okay for a school to have and what isn't. It was struck down. So that reminds me, I was reading an opinion by a judge from the 30s, and so Joyce's Ulysses was challenged, I, I guess, conservative groups. And so the judge essentially had to read Ulysses, which mm -hmm. I mean, major props to him, mm -hmm. and say, was this sexually exciting? Was this enticing people? Was this arousing? And they found that it was just representing the average was this after they woke up the people in the courtroom <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he didn't read it there like it, it is thing he oh, actually okay. said over the past few weeks I, I yeah it's like i i understand now you know a judge in the 30s would take a, you know multiple weeks to read ulysses i mean shades of grave wasn't out yet these 41 books went to the school board Back 41 to books went to the school board and then i get two email first email from person who runs the ap for the county because you're the AP English teacher at a local high school. I'm the AP language teacher, right? And there's another teacher who's AP literature. And it told me I needed to report to the state through this email what textbook I was using in my AP Lang class because, and this is right after Stop Woke Act, they want to make sure that I am not 
by giving students information, indoctrinating them into something. And so I was very clear. I said, I keep asking for books, but there's never money for it. So I'm just using whatever I can find. So you're welcome to come into my classroom and just see what I've cobbled together. I do not have textbooks. Thank okay, you. let's start with that. And then not a week later, I get an email. And did you respond with that, by the way? Yes. I don't have my... Yes. I love that. So okay, not a week later, I get an email that we can no longer use Slaughterhouse 5 and that it must be taken out of circulation and not be available to the students. I had just given the students to read Vonnegut's letter to the Drake County, North Dakota mm. school board when they put his uh, book, Slaughterhouse 5, in the furnace. That starts off with, Sir, I am very real, and discusses why it should not be banned, let alone burned. Like we'd just gone over this, and now I'm told that I can't. And, and this is, uh, the first of all, I just want to say, this, this is a combat infantry veteran who survived the firebombing of Dresden, had a mental break, and wrote about it. Wrote about what war was like for him. Slaughterhouse Five. And this is what we don't want the students to read. And it's recommended as an AP book. Yeah. And the AP is a national standard. AP is a national standard for a college-level course and, that you choose to go into. Right. Yes. And have, correct me if I'm wrong, has AP threatened to, to pull their... You are not wrong. ...their certifications out of Florida schools? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, they've, that, that nationally, actually, anyone who threatens, uh, compromises the AP classes is in danger of having their AP pulled. And, and AP is huge. That's how my kids started school with 32 college credits. A AP is huge, and it's powerful and uh, incredibly useful. Right, so that's the second email, and that was it. That just That's it. I am, I'm going to get copies of this book. I'm going to get copies of a few books. Another teacher, the AP Lit teacher, was told he couldn't use Kite Runner. <gasps> no. Right, right. So I was like, I'm going to get Slaughterhouse Five. I'm going to get Kite Runner, and I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to give these books out to kids during the summer. Two books. So Two book two titles. Books. I'm going to spend my summer seeing if give kids might be interested. Out. And then I looked at the list, and I thought, oh, look, this is, this is on it, and a few other. I'll get a few of these books. I'll get a few of these books, and we'll put them, we'll give them out. And so I thought, well, I don't have a thousand. I was left unsupervised for an hour. I made the stunningly bad decision to create a GoFundMe. Oh. And say, I want a thousand bucks to put banned books and back in the hands of students. In your wildest imagination, how big did you think that would get? I thought in my wildest imagination, asking for a thousand dollars, I thought I would get 250. That's why you set such a big goal. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And you thought maybe take you all summer to get there. And then I would cobble together enough money to get some yeah. used copies. And it hit a thousand by the end of the day. And then it was five. And then it's 10. And I think it's just about twenty-eight today. Twenty-eight thousand wow. dollars, and it gets better. So, how did it does get better? As a, yeah, okay. So you just tell the story. I'll ask questions if I think of them. We increased, we expanded the list. We these have, are the forty-one books. We'll, we can put them in our liner notes. These are the forty-one books that are being challenged. They are de facto bans because while they're challenged, they're simply removed from the shelves. Oh, until. The media specialist looks at them and decides whether or not they can be used in the class. Now, the weird part about that is the media specialist has nothing to do with curriculum. Oh. 
Okay. They are not supposed to be the arbiter of what gets used in a class or not. What gets used, what's in the library? Absolutely. So yeah. I'm not sure why. So the principals are somehow handling this school by scenes. school with the help of the media specialists. I know, it doesn't make any sense. It's supposed to be a school board decision. There's a board that's being set up to look at these books. It's a process. And yet somehow behind the scenes, this is all being handled on a school-by-school basis. While the process of the school board is still right. going on. So rather than waiting for the process of the school board to be outlined, Katie Delaney from Moms for um, Liberty demanded that schools immediately take these books off the shelves. And Katie Campbell kowtowed to her. Yeah. Katie Campbell, school board member, District 5, who is facing challenge from Kim Huff. Go on. Yes. Yes. Religious fascist. Speaking of, what's your opinion of the rabble rouser who down in Miami-Dade put in a challenge against the Holy Bible for a whole myriad of sins? It's fun, but relatively useless. And it actually goes against what we're saying, which is books should not... Let's let kids read. The point is well taken. It is the dirtiest, most violent book in existence, pretty much. Maybe except for cartoons of R. Crumb, but be- which besides or, that. Or that, that one dude in, in France, you know, pre-revolution. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> we don't talk about him. Other than that, no, I would not want to ban the Bible. Does it deserve to be treated like the rest of these books? Absolutely. Oh, it's way worse than any of these books. You asked why? was Slaughterhouse-Five banned or put on the list. Why was it on this Nothing's list? been banned. Yeah, not technically banned. But they're not available while we're waiting. That's correct. Which so makes them banned. Right. Because in a lot of our schools, kids don't have money to go buy books. Yes. And the interesting thing about, of course, their tactics is you can always go buy the book. Don't know the book exists unless they see the right. book. So that takes that away. Then, of course, there's other states where they're doing the same thing because this list is a boilerplate list. And the tactics are the same in every state. So in many states, they're churning and they're saying, this is just for the schools. They can still go buy the book. Then or they, they go, can get it from the public library. And then they go to the library and they say, the library, we're going to pull all pride stuff out of this library. And then they go to Barnes & Noble and they say, Barnes & Noble, we're going to sue you until you start carting kids for these books. Whatever they say is a it's lie. way beyond schools. Yes. Yeah. Is it back to your story? Slaughterhouse-Five. So, yeah. There's a crudely drawn picture of breasts in it. Really? Wait, like it comes printed like that or just because it's in a high school for longer than five minutes? It'd be more than that. (laughs) No, it's drawn in there. Right. Like it's an illustration in the book. Yes. Boobs. Yes. Yeah. Well, Vonnegut also famously drew the Walmart symbol and said, this is an anus. Yes. I think actually that Walmart took his image and said, this is our symbol now. (laughs) It suits us. Yeah. The people who think that Slaughterhouse-Five is problematic, I just laugh because you've never read Breakfast of Champions. Yeah. Yeah. There's a picture, crudely drawn picture of breasts in it. The soldiers curse when they get shot. Imagine this. <gasps> wow. Oh, Excuse boy. me. I believe I've been shot. Oh, Ouch. golly. Gee. <laughs> they are. Gosh, darn it. They speak crudely as they are pulling the bodies out of the underground chambers. So they're acting human. That's correct. He also, Vonnegut, also looks at religion. And suggests that in some ways, religion might be complicit in war. Really? I know. What an idea. I so these a... are their reasons. So these it, are, are their stated reasons. It treats 
Christianity in a satiric, unrespectable way. How so, dare Vonnegut go on a crusade against Christianity? <laughs> well, this is feeding into the much deeper narrative here, which is they're trying to replace our democracy with a theocracy. Yes. Um, yes. And we are not a theocracy. And the danger, honestly, to not the kite runner, but Thousand Sons. Um, Thousand Splendid they, Sons. They don't want people to be able to read that book because that actually outlines how that happens. Because they take a very free society, which was Pakistan, where women are respected and work, oh. and they create, take their I theocracy out of it's on there. Yeah, it's, I believe The Handmaid's Tale is number three on yeah. our hit parade. Yeah, They so, don't want to ban that when they're getting all their ideas from it. <laughs> they just don't want They don't want us to read it because we don't want right. to know about it. So then what happened? So you have this, so it started at $1,000. It's blown up since then because, again, I've been left unsupervised. So what we've done is we're going to different events. And we're giving out these books to, to tables students. overflowing with books. And just to make M for F happy, <laughs> of making them happy, you've got to come with your parent. Mm. Or if you're 16 or older, you can show an ID. Right. Parents love for their kids to get these books. Two to a kid. Read them with your parents. We give these books away. And you don't have to put those in place. I think those are smart we don't have that's, to do that's that. That's very smart and respectful of general community. I want to know and, and you don't want I there want to be any argument. Show, so when we take a picture, yeah. can I have get a picture of you with this book? We've had some wonderful experiences that I'd love to share with you briefly. We had a, a family, whole family show up with one trans child. Yeah. And the kid was so happy to see a book that was for them. Yeah. That they didn't know was there and couldn't get in their school. We had a kid pick up Crank on the list, show it to another kid and say, this book saved my life. Imagine if this wasn't in school, I couldn't, wouldn't have known it existed. I wouldn't know to get it. Yeah. This saved my life. I'm alive because of this. A kid came to our table, picked up, this book is gay. Someone looked at her, she put it down and picked up drama person left. She picked up this book as gay. Someone came up, she put it down, she picked up drama. Can I have this book? Sure. She walks away. Everyone leaves. She comes back and says, can I change books, please? Of course you can. This is the one I need. Good. Take it. Don't be afraid of that. Yep. Well, the, I guess one of the problems is some of these books inspire. They inspire critical thinking. They support critical thinking. And even... You want to read these books, especially yes. something like Vonnegut or The Handmaid's Tale, with other people in a class where someone right. who knows what they're doing yes. can walk you through it. Yeah, banning these books is endangering kids more than anything. Like, do you want to, would you rather read a book about human sexuality in, with someone who knows what they're doing, or would you rather be reading it off so I, uh, pages off the internet, getting your information from Urban Dictionary? So... You've been giving out these books. Be giving out but these some books. Some exciting things happened along the way. Some people found out you were doing this. Yes. How did they find out? The Kurt Vonnegut Museum and Library found out. Mm -hmm. And then they call me. And a bunch of other groups have called me. We just got a book, a box today with Lauren Miracle's books that were donated by her editor. By, through her editor, they've been donated by her publisher. We have an entire box from Penguin Random House of Kite Runner, a 30 copies of Kite Runner 
that they would love for us to donate to kids. We have books, we have books coming from Oni Press of this book is gay and everything else that they have for and us to give out. by donating them, they're losing money. They are yes. losing money by doing this, but it's yeah. important to them. Yeah, just like it's important to you. And the Kurt Vonnegut Museum and Library and their director, Julia Whitehead, sent us the first half of a thousand copies. Wow. Which is why I can't get through my office and my home now. <laughs> uh, and we have no place to eat. And we, because this full of books. You can eat on a stack of books. Full, yeah. It's You're saving lives. You're literally saving lives, Adam. You so are. then what else happened? Then I ended up, I forget these things because they're not important. They said, would you like to, every year we have the, we have a virtual commencement. It's virtual because of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> we have a commencement for all the kids who are homeschooled or in special programs and they can sign up through the Kurt Vonnegut Museum and Library, and they can do some courses through them. And when they graduate high school, we have a commencement ceremony, and we read um, Vonnegut's, one of Vonnegut's commencement speeches, which are brilliant works. I said, that's really cool. Do you want to read this year? Oh. I know! Hell yes. So uh, she said, oh, you'll be reading a few with a few other people, if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, Lewis Black and Ralph Nader. Wow. Okay. And, and what happened I'm not going to have reading? a problem with this. One, <laughs> I want to I stay for the record. I won that night because I made Lewis Black laugh. Therefore, <laughs> Yay! I have won. And uh, Ralph Nader, who I met when I was five, because my parents were extremely involved in this sort of stuff and I hadn't met again since, had something else he had to do. So he read a few parts of it beforehand. He says, I need to leave, Adam, would you read the rest of these? Oh. So I think I'd read about a third of the commencement speech. Uh, that was quite a thrill. Nice. Yeah, all because, because I know Adam, I know you. He was you left just really, you were left <laughs> in And you, you believe fiercely in the future that is represented in the minds of these kids that you've been entrusted with. Yeah. And your job is to provide them with as much as you can. I need to do what is right, despite what might occur in my life. And for the record, he is a single income. He's, a, he's not married and he's widowed. And so it's not like you can just afford to walk away from this teacher's salary that is, as immense as it is not. Right. Well, it's to, still something you need. Yes. And if, to be clear, it is Lisa and I. Right. But it's the larger portion of the house is at the time, this time my income. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lisa's his partner. Yeah. So you and Lisa are partnered. However, you are the major breadwinner. Yes. And it is a whopping teacher salary. Of course, you have an AP stipend, but whatever. No, and you no cannot AP stipend. You, you only get money if they pass a That's certain right. amount of kids pass. Okay. Yeah. So it's well, 50, sure it's 50 bucks if a kid passes. Holy cow. Okay. Regardless, you're, you're <laughs> yeah. a teacher. You... But you still cannot afford to lose that. And you were still no. willing to risk that, which is quite possible in the environment that we're in yes. here in Brevard County. Yes. And I am so proud. And I know, I know when I say this, you know, I know you've got angels that are just celebrating you right now for fulfilling yes. your commitment. I believe that. As my, I'm a failed atheist, so I believe <laughs> that. Yes. Yeah. So in the last few days, we started a 501c3. We are working on the webpage. That's come up in the last four days. We are working on the banned book broadcast, little free library dedicated to banned books coming. 
And there's way more that we are working on. And who, did these things just come to you during the night or is this Lisa? Because I know Lisa's super creative. Uh, a lot of these are her ideas. Yeah. yeah. Some of them do just, hey, it would be cool. That would be cool. Oh, I was just joking. Okay, fine. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. This wouldn't happen without her. It's just, y'all see what happens out there, mm -hmm. but y'all don't see what happens to make all this stuff. And I know what a fierce introvert you are, like, like <clears throat> almost medically. <laughs> and yet you, so it's so much that you're risking to do this. So when I'm going to cry, just think about how proud I am of you. Cause like every comfort level in your life and you just willing to run over them to do the right thing. Everything screams, don't do this. Well, except the fact that it's right. And that, yeah. So I'm just going to say, else. if you ever get that screaming, then maybe we should just always do what we're, what our body's screaming us not to do because <laughs> I mean, you're making a difference and saving, literally saving lives. One of the books that was integral to my life always states that there's, you have the right path or the easy path. Mm -hmm. I mean, right now it is absolutely vital that we keep these banned books in libraries, in the hands of students, and in the public discourse, because all of these books aren't being banned because they are erotic or inappropriate or will drive people to become something they're not. It's because they contain deeper truths and you cannot fight a, a platform of lies without truths. Fiction is the lie that tells the truth, Neil Gaiman. Yep. Absolutely. You know, and so I also have a question. Is Fahrenheit Fahrenheit 451 is not on M list. Is it in our library? It is in the libraries. And this is the book that I give students anytime a parent says, I don't want my kid reading that book. I do not argue. I give them Fahrenheit 451 in a special assignment. Hmm. There uh, you and go. And so far, no one's got it. Just a plane over the head. Oh, no because the irony there. I mean, Cliff's Notes, Cliff's Notes version Fahrenheit 451 is a dystopia where people decided that the ugly truths contained in fiction aren't worth hearing. And so I want my reality TV. I want my talk radio. Please don't expose me to this. Mm -hmm. And in an homage to Bradbury, the our group is called Foundation 451. Nice. That's your 501c3? Yes. Good. And also your Facebook group. Also the Facebook group. Also going to be the webpage. Yep. So where can people find you to follow what you've got going on? The website, which is not up yet. Do the you have a Twitter account? The website is not up yet. We don't have Twitter. But if you go to foundation451.org, until uh, we got the site running, it will redirect to the Facebook group. You can also look on GoFundMe, Foundation451. We're doing a lot of stuff. We could use, we can still use funds. There are books that are only available new right like 1619 project we can all and stop woke it's not banned it's not even challenged but stop woke has made the material in it not usable in schools thus we have books that are again de facto banned right you would be surprised how many people want that book of course yeah um People want to know about their making it available to them. So we will post the list or a link to the list with our liner notes. 
and we will post a link to Foundation 451. And you're setting a great standard, my friend. Thank you. Yeah. And if you aren't eating your breakfast off of a box full of Breakfast of Champions, I will be very disappointed. There's a, is that a Monica reference? Those in the house. Okay. <laughs> yes, absolutely. By the way, the Breakfast of Champions is a martini. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So I may eat it with the book, but I won't. I won't. Maybe, follow the example of the <laughs> maybe for liquid lunch <laughs> local stuff real quick wrap up we just finished texting 77 we were on a list of 150,000 registered nonpartisan voters and third party voters and we ran a text program and ended up with 77,000 numbers that we could text so we texted 77,000 people my my tech chair and I did that over the last two weeks with just, hey, all in Brevard County, are you lucky to support Democratic? Um, got a lot of very descriptive things to do with my body. Was told to abort myself twice. That was so I, original I just, the second right? time. <laughs> <laughs> what? And these are people like don't like abortion, except in case of me. I hope you die in a car accident, commit suicide. My tech chair got told to share her boobs and give a, <laughs> if she gave a blowjob, they'd consider voting for her. Really? They are enlightened folks on the other side. Yeah. I guess. So anyway... The end result is that the common thought is that it's a 50-50 split. We're able to save our candidates a ton of effort and money because it's not here. It is about 25% of the respondents were very enthusiastically supportive of Democrats. And some of them even changed their party while we were texting so that they could vote in our primaries. But a lot of them were. So Brevard County is the hotbed of insurrection, just as we supposed. So that's what we just finished wrapping up. Meanwhile, we also are about to start what we call persuasion. But it's really voter identification. It's how likely are you to support a Democratic candidate. We're doing that at the doors. And we're doing that where we have our three school board races. So we're doing that in school board district one in support of Misty Belford, school board district two in support of Aaron Dunn, and school board district five in support of Kim Huff. And we'll have a little slate cards made with their little faces on them next to. There is also a partisan primary in August. The partisan primary in August is for our gubernatorial candidate, our senatorial candidate. Um, we have multiple people running for attorney general and all these other. And here in Brevard County, we have two people running for Congress. One of them is going to be joining us in a few weeks. Those two people will be facing another to earn the Democratic Party vote on August 23rd. And if you're not sure that they even exist, you can come meet them next week on Wednesday night at seven o'clock. That's the 29th of June. And the county commission chambers where we have our normal monthly meetings can come. They're going to have a debate. Like, and I'm moderating it. It's going to be super fun. So we're doing that. And then we'll be moving to our, if you remember, we talked about GOTV back in Palm Bay, where we will be doing door hangers to remind people to return their mail ballots because mail ballots go out at the end of July. What does happen in August, aside from the partisan primary, is the school board races will be determined. Two of them for sure. District 1 and District 5 only have two candidates in them. So they will be decided on August 23rd. If you are listening to this, mark your calendar Get your mail ballot, vote early. I would say vote often, but don't do that. <laughs> and and school board district two, there are five people running, but four of them, are, if we get it in August, I think she can really win. Um, so we have to do the turnout for that. So we're doing that. And I want, while we're talking about something, talking about local things and school boards, DeSantis last week, qualifying for school boards statewide, finished Friday at noon. And Friday night, DeSantis had sent every school board candidate a, um, a fruit basket, <laughs> a veiled threat. A yes, actually a questionnaire. And the questionnaire was basically, 
how fascist can you be? Because they're trying to create fascist factories out of our schools. Mm -hmm. And if you fill out the questionnaire in a fashion that he likes and commit to supporting his agenda, literally the first sentence in there, will you support DeSantis's agenda? It doesn't even say on education, which, by the way, his education agenda is shit. Yes. But it's will you support his agenda, period. You get an endorsement from Governor I hate education DeSantis. Is his agenda brunch and mimosas on Sunday? I wish it. Then I would totally support it. But that's not really a style. But if you're running for school board, you are registered to vote. And he has the ability to see at least political party for him. Oh, Shelby, you're assuming he can read. (laughs) But regardless, the point is that he's already sent out his first. This was Friday. And it's appalling. I think he's already being sued for it because it's appalling that the governor is doing this and he's already announced his first 10 that he's giving his endorsement to. And one is Misty Belford's opponent in district one, Megan Wright is far right enough to earn Ron DeSantis's endorsement from within two days of this thing coming out. So vote for Misty Belford, vote to support schools. I'm, I'm, can't say it enough. So, I do truly believe that our democracy is on the line with our. School. I guess the letter for Katie Campbell is just we're just waiting. She hadn't for sent it. it in yet. I don't know. I don't. I don't. Not going to presuppose, but I'm telling you that Megan Wright wasted no time and has gotten. She's far. She's far fascist enough to get Ron DeSantis's approval. So that's it. We've got going on. We are going to be doing our persuasion. We need lots of volunteers to go knock doors for these candidates. We talked before about how. When Jennifer Jenkins won her race by 10 points in a district she should never have won, it was because we knocked all the doors. And she just knocked with the Brevard Dems. She didn't do anything outside of that. We did mailers to Republicans. So we need those people to show up for what we're doing. That's also how we're going to win in the fall. We've got to win our governor's race. So everything we're doing now is building the groundwork for that. And then show up at the Congressional Democratic Debate, which will be the 29th. And donate to get more banned books to children. And Yes. Because our next project is for the kids who cannot get out. We want to be able to send the books directly to them. Why can't cool. they get out? That's the oh, point of the website. Well, the people who cannot afford books yeah. often also cannot afford transportation. Yeah. Mm. So that's the second part of our project. Very good. While all this was going on, I got an email from Pam. Oh, our email came out about the congressional debate. Yeah. So our conversation was so riveting that <laughs> we managed to send an email I while didn't. we were recording this. I really didn't. So my, my communications chair does. I always look super on the ball because I have a great team. But okay. But speaking That's of funny. email, if you like what we do or I hate what we do, it. go ahead and send us an email at pushaheadpod at gmail.com. We may actually read it if someone actually sends one. <laughs> If you got something out of this and know of anybody who cares about what we're saying here, please share. Word of mouth is everything in the grassroots game. If we're awesome, tell a friend. If we're not, tell us how to get better. This has been another episode of the Push Ahead podcast. Please reach out to us via Twitter at push underscore ahead or subscribe to our podcast in your podcatcher of choice. You can find relevant links to the stories that we're talking about in our liner notes on our website at pushaheadpod.com. The music is Super String Theory by Lobo Loco. It's okay if the government co-parents with us. Right.
but not with them. I want to get shirts printed up that say, I do not co-parent with Moms for Liberty. Oh, I like it. I like that too. I'd wear that. 